If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 2. Starting in the first verse, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall be a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then he had summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search for diligent little child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After the of the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest to the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they bowed and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this Christmas time, for the day that we celebrate the birth of your son. Thank you for sending him for us into the world to redeem us, to forgive us our sins, to claim us as his own. Bless this night, Lord, your glory, we pray. Amen. We have here the story of the wise men, and my overarching theme tonight is follow the wise men's example. And I'm not talking their example in regards to their wisdom, and knowledge, though that's good, but I'm talking to about how they took wisdom and knowledge and applied it to the situation they were in. First, follow the example of the wise men regarding faith. I want you to think about it for a moment in the passage that I just read. Think about what they experienced and what they went through and what brought them to that place. They didn't see Jesus perform any miracles. They didn't hear him utter any great teachings. And the scripture, if they had it, was likely incomplete for them. And when they found Jesus, he was a baby. There's no greatness or power there. He's just a baby. So they had a star and a baby, and likely some Old Testament scriptures. And that's all they had. Yet they believed. Think of that. That's a simple faith. And here we have a thousandfold evidence. We have not just the Old Testament complete, but we got the New Testament. And we have the teachings of Jesus right there in the scriptures before us. And we have these things beyond doubt. Well, where is our faith, right? Where is our faith? Jesus says in the book of John, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Follow the wise example and then believe. Believe in this Jesus, the King, the Jews, the wise entrusted with much, much less. 
at their disposal. Second, follow the example the wise men set regarding joy. Look at verse 10. It says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Brought them this far, and he didn't let them down. Right? He didn't let them down. He gave the wise men a sign. It was clearly from God, and God was working in their midst. Now, they traveled the great distance, around 1,000 miles or so, and they were on precipice of bringing their journey to its finality. There's a small hiccup in the journey, though. You can miss it if you're not totally paying attention. They thought that when they arrived to Jerusalem, they would find the king of the Jews. Why? Because Jerusalem is the city of the king. Starting David on down, the kings resided in Jerusalem. It would make sense for them to go there, thinking that certainly Israel would recognize the king. But that was the hiccup. He wasn't there. So they talk to Herod, and they get from the prophet Micah where the king is. He's in Bethlehem. So God had other plans for them. They didn't know it yet, but he had other plans. And at times, friends have to trust the Lord and be patient on his timing. We think our our journey is coming to an end. We think God's taking us through something that's just over and over, and sometimes it's not. He hits the pause button, and he's got something different planned. But but God did leave them them. He speaks to them to prophet Micah. They hop again on, on their journey. And notice what it says in verse 10 again. When, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with, with great joy. Notice the reaction. Joy. But not just and joy. Listen to how it's phrased. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. So I want you to recognize the scripture here emphasizes the joy they had. They didn't just rejoice. The scripture could have just said that. They rejoiced. They saw the star. They rejoiced. No, it goes on. They rejoiced exceedingly. And even then, they did more than that. It could have stopped there. They rejoiced exceedingly. I mean, rejoicing exceedingly is pretty good, right? It goes on even more. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. There's a lot of rejoicing going on. Abundant of joy. And it's not like put on a happy face or fake it to make it. This is the joy that's given to each believer that God is in control. That he takes care of us until we are last. That he will lead us and guide us each step of the way. And that in this life, we will have tribulation, that's a guarantee. But Jesus has overcome the world. This is the joy that the Holy Spirit gives us as one of his fruit, right? It's the joy of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness. But right here, that second one, joy, the fruit of the Spirit. Joy because God loved you enough to send his Son to redeem you. Joy that the Son who came as an infant will one day come back to fully usher in his kingdom. A kingdom will have no end. Think about it, friends. When this world was in sin and error pining, God give us a teaspoon of grace to make our dungeon a tad pleasure. He went overboard, right? right? He didn't say, oh, here you go, have a, have a little sip of this grace. Don't make the dungeon seems so much better. 
he had like a giant vat of grace, and he pours it over each one of us. He frees us from the dungeon by sending his son into the dungeon to rescue us. We've been claimed by him, for him, as his own. So yes, we rejoice as well. Finally, follow the example the wise men set regarding worship. I want you to notice for a moment how they interacted with... There's two kings here, you realize, right? There's King Herod, and then there's King of the Jews, Jesus. Notice how they interact with King Herod. They ask him questions. They want answers from him. Did they bring him gifts? Doesn't appear so. Maybe that's why he's so upset. <laughs> but compare that to baby Jesus. What do they, they do? Look at verse 11. It says, And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And opening their treasure, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. So three things. First, they fall down. Second, they worship him. Third, they give him gifts. And notice what it says is at the very beginning of verse 11. It says, They saw the child. They see Jesus, and, and what is their immediate reaction? They fell down. And, 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 and while one, one of the hymns we'll close with is, Oh, holy night, and part of the chorus says, Fall on your knees. And this is exactly what the, what the wise men did. What does that show? It shows humility. And this, this is the appropriate response to God, humbling ourselves in his presence. But here's the thing. The scripture wants to be clear that they're not just paying homage to the king of the Jews, that they're not showing him honor. And so scripture adds three words. After it says fell down, it adds these words. They fell down and worshipped him. This was no ordinary king. I mean, can you imagine falling on your knees before a baby, before any child? I mean, no. But this was not any ordinary baby. This truly was the king of the Jews. This was Emmanuel, God with us. They knew that this was divine. They knew it, and they acted accordingly, worshiping him. Friends, the scripture says that one day, every knee will bow. In fact, it says it once in the Old Testament, and then twice, it quotes that Old Testament passage. So three different times in the Bible, God says it. He wants to make it clear it will happen. He wants to be assured it will indeed happen. And these wise men, they fell on their knees willingly and worshipped the king of the Jews. Let us do so willingly as well. Let us worship the king of the Jews, King Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, we do thank you. You came humbly before us. Thousands of you to claim your throne. Lord, we know you're coming back to fully claim it. We thank you for doing what only you could do and laying down your life for us. You entered this world humbly, but you will come back in power and might. You are truly the great king. Jesus, we love you. Help us to set our hearts upon you.
Help us see you in truth. To see your glory. Lord, speak to people now. Anyone here, Lord, that might not have trusted you, may they trust you like the wise men did. May they seek you like the wise men did. May they know you like the wise men did. Lord, tonight, as you have been already, continue to be magnified in our presence. Amen.